Hello and welcome to Nick's Knack for Neologisms, episode 16, where we define and discuss the most amazing words in the English language. Last episode, we covered ascetic, occlude, erudite, and opprobrium. And in this episode, we have four more amazing words, dogmatic, harangue, alacrity, and iconoclast. Iconoclast is my favorite word out of those four, and because it is such a good word, we will save it for last. But before we begin, I want to give a shout out and special thanks to a Denise in Canada. She has been my first and only donator to this podcast, which was actually uh, was pretty exciting. So thank you, Denise. Uh, I didn't uh, really expect anyone to give me a donation. I had just put that button up there on my uh, website for kicks and giggles. And so that was nice receiving it. I really appreciate it. And to those of you who would like to follow Denise's generosity, you may visit my website, nicksnackforneologisms.com, click my ugly donate button, and then it'll take you to PayPal, and you can make a donation from there. I accept donations as paltry as one penny or as lavish as $1 million. Although I have to say, if if you go above that $1 million limit, that's when I start to feel a little guilty, and so that's why I've set the limit to $1 million. All right, anyhow, enough of this tomfoolery. Let's get started on our words. So our first word is dogmatic, and unfortunately has nothing to do with dogs, but it's spelled D-O-G-M-A-T-I-C. That's D-O-G-M-A-T-I-C, dogmatic. It's a great word, dogmatic. It's an adjective. And according to dictionary.com, it means relating to or of the nature of a dogma or dogmas or any strong set of principles concerning faith, morals, etc., as those laid down by a church. Doctrinal. Dogmatic. Asserting opinions in a doctrinaire or arrogant manner. Opinionated. So dogmatic, when I think of dogmatic, I just think of someone who who stubbornly holds on to their beliefs. And regardless of whatever evidence you might present, regardless of any sort of argumentation you might present to that person that's contrary-wise to their belief, they are still dogmatic. They don't change their beliefs or their belief systems. They're dogmatic. They have too much of an attachment to their belief. They're sort of brainwashed to their belief, and so they're not going to change their opinion. Dogmatic. So someone who's really dogmatic just does not want to change their opinion. They're stubborn. And so here's a way that we can remember dogmatic, okay? I think of my dog. One of my dogs is a pit bull. She's sweet as hell, but she, when she has her ball, she does not want to release it. She stubbornly holds on to her ball. So if we think of her ball as sort of a metaphor for belief or opinion, we can think of someone who's dogmatic as as like a dog that just doesn't want to release their dogmatic ball, their opinions that are just, they're holding on, they're clenching on to those opinions. They don't want to release them. So that's a dogmatic person, okay? So someone very dogmatic is not going to change their beliefs. They stubbornly hold on to their beliefs. So here is dogmatic being used in a sentence that I came up with, all right? The first one goes, I gave up arguing with him. He was too dogmatic to change his opinion regarding social welfare policy. Dogmatism is medieval. It goes against our rational faculty and encourages us to believe in that which is not necessarily true. Because the dogmatist, they don't necessarily believe in reason. 
They've got other beliefs or other reasons for believing what they believe, but not through reason. It's difficult to ascertain who is more dogmatic, the priest who has used the same book for all his life to develop his moral compass, or the stubborn atheist who refuses to accept any religious principles because of their religious origin. Dogmatic. It's a great word. Dogmatic. A lot of people are fairly familiar with that word, so you might actually already know it, but if you don't know it, start using it. It's a great word. Dogmatic. All right, let's move on to our next word, which is harangue. It is spelled H-A-R-A-N-G-U-E, harangue. It's a noun, H-A-R-A-N-G-U-E, harangue. But you also, you know, it's a noun, but you also hear it used as a verb to harangued. I love this word, okay? H-A-R-A-N-G-U-E. And it means a scolding or a long or intense verbal attack, diatribe. Diatribe is another cool word. We'll have to do that one another time. But diatribe and harangue are synonymous. Harangue. Or it can mean a long, passionate, and vehement speech, especially one delivered before a public gathering. Harangue. A scolding or a long or intense verbal attack. Diatribe. A long, passionate, and vehement speech, especially one delivered before a public gathering. Oh, this is a good word. Harangue. So harangue starts with an H. And when I think of harangue the image that i have in my head is of hitler remember those speeches he would give and he'd be like crazy with his hand in the air like saluting or whatever the hell that meant and he was just going crazy and there was spit flying from his mouth and he was drenched in sweat and his face was red and the guy was he was fucking mad hitler was crazy right but every time he spoke at least the speeches that we see or the clips that we see of him speaking those were all harangues so hitler harangue they both start with an h hitler reigned hitler reigned harangue i think that's a good way to remember it right so can you think of a time when you were ever harangued or when you had to harangue someone maybe uh maybe when you were growing up mom or dad harangued you for something that you weren't supposed to do or they told you you weren't supposed to do it you did it anyway you did it behind their back and they found out and then you got your ass harangued yes i'm trying to think if there was a time when i got harangued there probably was i'm sure there was i have this image of my dad getting red in the face and yelling at me for something but i can't remember what it was i don't remember why he harangued me i've probably just suppressed it you know that's what happens I've suppressed it out of my memory. Harangued. Yeah, that's a good word. Harangue. God, though, Hitler. I think Hitler is the best example of delivering a haranguing speech. Harangue. All right. So here is harangue in a sentence. How do you tell the difference between an impassioned speech and a haranguing one? Simple. Look at the body language of the speaker. If they are red in the face, if spit is flying from their mouth, if they are appearing to have lost all sensibility, it's probably a harangue. Poor Mark was harangued by his mother for getting caught sleeping with his next-door neighborhood girlfriend. He then asked his mom if it, would be, if it would have been okay if he simply hadn't been caught, but this only made her haranguing worse. I could see how that would piss mom off. It's kind of a wise, wise act. So move there, something I would have said, which is why I came up with it. <laughs> okay, the, uh, the powerfulness of a harangue has a lasting impression on the audience. 
the fervor, the energy, and the tenacity of the speaker are almost never forgotten. Harangue. Very powerful speech. Yes. Harangue. Hitler and harangue. All right. Hopefully you can uh, connect those two. So dogmatism, dogmatic, harangue. Our next word is alacrity. Say this word. If you say this word like this, it might help you remember it. Alacrity. 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 It's got a lot of energy behind it. Alacrity. A-L-A-C-R-I-T-Y. A-L-A-C-R-I-T-Y. Alacrity. It's a noun. When I see it, I think of Aladdin and electricity because it's spelled A-L-A, like Aladdin, alacrity. Aladdin was actually alacritous. He was. So alacrity means cheerful readiness, promptness, or willingness. You ever see the movie Aladdin? It's one of my favorite movies. I love Disney, but I really love Aladdin. Aladdin was great. And he was fairly alacritous. Cheerful readiness, promptness, or willingness. Liveliness, briskness, swiftness. Those are all things you can associate with alacrity. In fact, okay, here's the image. So just like I had an image of harangue and Hitler, so I have an image for alacrity. When I think of alacrity, I think of this girl who's 16, 17, 18 years old and she's on the first day of her job and you know those girls are just like you ask them to do something and they just with alacrity they go and do it they're cheerful they're ready to do it and they're just they're yes 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 i'll go and do it yes i do it do it yep i'll go and do it yep sure anything else yep got it that's alacrity cheerful readiness right they're not doing it out of some sort of uh servility or servilitude or obsequiousness or Obsequiousness, obsequiousness. I think that's what I tried to say there. Whatever. They're not doing it out of like a servant-like attitude. They're actually just really cheerful to be doing it. Alacrity. That's what makes them alacritous. So it's a it's a positive word. It's something that's good. We should like people that are alacritous. Cheerful readiness, promptness, or willingness. We accepted the invitation with alacrity. So one of the characteristics we look for in a candidate is alacrity because we can't stand procrastinators. One of the characteristics we look for in a candidate is alacrity because we can't stand procrastinators. Yeah, I could definitely see how procrastination is not synonymous with alacrity. They're opposites, right? Alacrity. You know, alacrity too, it almost has like that electricity, alacrity, electricity to it at the end. Aladdin had electricity. He was alacritous, cheerful, readiness, promptness, or willingness to do something. You might be wondering why I did the dishes with such alacrity this morning. And the reason is, well, the dishwasher wasn't working and I needed a clean plate. Yeah, I guess if your dishes were dirty and there were no other dishes, you might do the dishes with alacrity. I don't always perform my duties with such alacrity, but when the boss is around, it never hurts to put on a good show. Yes, alacrity. Yeah, I could see those people. There's people out there that do that, that act with alacrity when the boss is around, but then when the boss leaves, they're like these slovenly sloths that just don't do a damn thing. And then the boss comes around and boom, that alacrity kicks in. Sure thing, boss. Anything for you, buddy. Okay. All right. Alacrity. That's a good word. Dogmatic, harangue, alacrity. Aladdin with alacrity. All right. Cool. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to our fourth and final word 
My favorite out of the four, iconoclast. God, this is a good word. Oh, iconoclast. You might know this word, you might not. Maybe you've heard of this word, iconoclast. I-C-O-N-O-C-L-A-S-T. It's a noun. I-C-O-N-O-C-L-A-S-T. So if you look at it, it has the word icon in there. Iconoclast. Clast, yes. I probably should have done a little research, you guys, on what the suffix clast means, but it doesn't matter because we're going to come up with a good way to remember this word, so whatever. All right, so noun, it's a noun, and it means a person who attacks cherished beliefs, traditional institutions, etc., as being based on error or superstition. Ooh, I love that. A person who attacks cherished beliefs, traditional institutions, etc., as being based on error or superstition. My God. Iconoclast, such a good word. All right, here's the second definition. This one's fun, too. A breaker or destroyer of images, especially those set up for religious veneration. And veneration just is kind of like a fancy word for respect. A breaker or destroyer of images, especially those set up for religious veneration. My God, that's a good word. Iconoclast. You guys, I hate to say it, but it's true. Like You and I would not be here. I would not be speaking into this nice metal microphone, and you would not be listening to my beautiful voice over loudspeakers in your car right now if it wasn't for iconoclasts, these historical iconoclasts that we've had, right? These are people that just challenge the status quo. These are people that think for themselves. These are people that set their own standards for living. They come up with their own moral systems for living, what they think is right. And they're not afraid to go against traditional beliefs, even if those beliefs contradict their own iconoclastic they're iconoclastic these are sort of pioneers of free thinking is the way i like to think of them iconoclast so i remember this because you see the word icon right typically an icon is like i don't know something that's a perfect model of something or think of like a heroic person it's an icon something that we try to model after right but the icons are not always good they're not always good. And so sometimes we have to blast them down. Okay, the word says iconoclast, but it kind of sounds like blast, right? So it's like blasting away the icons of our society. Yes, blasting away those tradition, those traditions, those traditional beliefs, those cherished beliefs that we've had, those beliefs that have lasted forever, iconoclast. Yes, you got to take those down, man. I, I'd like to think of myself as an iconoclast to some degree. You know, I don't allow I don't allow tradition and I don't allow people on a whole or the popularity of a belief to sway my opinion of things. I think about things, critically think about things. So, I think I'm somewhat of an iconoclast even though I'm not that outspoken. Yes. All this superstition that people have. Do you have any superstition? I think we all have a little bit of superstition. Maybe if it's sort of a secular superstition, I suppose you could say, right? Like you talk to athletes. Lots of athletes are superstitious. They got to put on like their left shoe before their right shoe. They got to have their sock a certain way. Otherwise, they're not going to perform as well as they normally do. 
So the iconoclast might go in there and be, what are you talking about? Try putting on your right sock instead of your left, and we'll see if you play differently. Yeah, but they might. Who knows? could be like a placebo effect there. I don't know. Why are we talking about this? Getting off topic. Iconoclast, guys, is a great word. A person who attacks cherished beliefs, traditional institutions, as being based on error or superstition. Relinquish yourself of superstition. Use the organ between your ears, lad, said the iconoclast. I was trying to do a really bad Irish impression there. Sorry. The iconoclast was burned at the stake after she said, There is no other god besides the one existing within ourselves. Yes, I could see how that is an iconoclastic statement. If made in medieval times. Yes, that probably would not go well. There's probably been a lot of iconoclasts who were burned at the stake. The Catholic teacher slapped the hand of the iconoclastic pupil after he sarcastically questioned the authenticity of the Bible. Ooh, got slapped on the hand for being an iconoclast. Yes, that's a good word, iconoclast. It's kind of fun to say, too, if you guys have not said it. I highly encourage saying it, iconoclast. All right, that almost wraps it up. Let's go through our four words, and this time we're going to see if you guys can recall their definition. So when we go through them, I'm going to say the word, then I want you to remember the mnemonic, and then that should help you recall the definition. So we had dogmatic, harangue, alacrity, and iconoclast. So let's start with dogmatic. See if you can remember the way that we remembered the word dogmatic and I talked about my dog and the ball and the ball was a metaphor for something yes so the ball was a metaphor for beliefs right so the dogmatic person is the person that stubbornly holds on to their beliefs and doesn't want to change their beliefs sweet all right, let's move on to harangue. It starts with an H. That's the hint I'm going to give you. Harangue and Hitler. Yes, harangue and Hitler. And what does it have to do with Hitler? Good. It's the, refers to the speeches that Hitler gave pretty much, right? Harangue is a violent impassioned, vehement speech about something. Harangue. Awesome. Let's move on to alacrity. This is the one that I didn't really have a mnemonic for, so this one might be a little harder to remember. Alacrity. We did talk about electricity of it. Alacrity. And there was an image of a girl and her first job. Yes. Alacrity. Does that make you remember something? Alacrity. Hopefully. Alacrity. It was the girl with her first job, and she just, with willingness, did everything. She was cheerful about it, right? Briskness, swiftness, cheerfulness, a willingness to do pretty much anything. That is the person who is alacritous. Cheerful readiness, promptness, or willingness. Alacrity. Yes. And then her last word was iconoclast. Or see if you can remember. I almost gave it away there. See if you can remember the way I remember that one. The icon, and we're blasting away the icon. Yeah, yeah, a person who attacks cherished beliefs, 
traditional institutions as being based on error or superstition. That is the iconoclast. Sweet. So that sums it up for episode 16 of Nick's Snack for Neologisms. Thank you so much for joining me, you guys. And if you haven't already, please, please leave me a review on iTunes. Let me know how I'm doing, and we will see you in the next episode. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.